Welcome to the Donkey's Best Friend Podcast. I am your host, Bobito, a.k.a. Bobito Mosquito, a.k.a. The Funk Soul Brother, a.k.a. Master B, a.k.a. Styles B, a.k.a. BMX. And you are listening to the 41st episode of the podcast. Guys, to every single person who listens to this podcast, I am immensely grateful uh, to those of you who interact with me Especially after last episode I think um, we definitely Had a lot of uh, Different perspectives um, And I feel like the conversation uh, The conversations I was generally having Were very respectful In terms of each other's perspectives Where um, Where people were coming from And I'm very grateful that um so many people like i i sometimes just like everybody else i kind of get um deceived by perhaps the media in the idea that we're all at odds we're all like nobody can agree on anything and um there's a radical left and there's radical right which they are but um it's kind of like i've all i've 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 come to terms with the fact that the people closest to me um, and the reason why they also might be this this might be a factor as to why they're so close to me but they're able to look at perspectives outside of their own and look for similarities rather than differences um, and I think what the interaction to the last episode provided me with was an understanding that this isn't just within my small circle of friends family that kind of thing um it's more so a greater well that that's the thing i guess everybody who listens to the podcast is in some way shape or form connected to me via the, they follow the podcast um they follow somebody who follows the podcast so I mean, I wouldn't think it's so far removed, but it was nice to 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 see uh, take place in any case. But regardless, man, forty first episode, we are here, and today I wanted to get into my like overwhelming excitement for a TV show that um, just dropped. I think it dropped last week weekend. Uh, I'll be waiting for the show for since I heard it was in development or production. No development. Um, I couldn't believe it. I actually didn't even want to get my hopes up because it didn't make sense. Like it made sense, but it didn't make sense. If that makes sense, like where TV and um, let's call it. I want to say five years ago. It could have been more. Probably more. Um, but. TV and just entertainment in that kind of visual form was far from especially like in South Africa we hadn't really if I'm correct if we're calling calling it five years so maybe call it six seven years um, we hadn't really adopted Netflix and like the kind of productions that online streaming services have provided because obviously especially things like netflix they provided more edgy content they provided more specialist content uh, where you're really targeting a specific a very specific target audience 
um, and you're not really trying to gain mass appeal, but more so you're trying to provide a specific target audience with a spe- specific, geez, specific, <laughs> with a specific, um, the more I say it, the less I'm going to feel comfortable <laughs> with a specific, <laughs> I'm okay, I'm done, I'm done, with a specific product, uh, end product. So, I, w- I wasn't very optimistic, but I, it, was, it was posted by the, the writer of the book series that I uh, fell in love with as a kid. Um, and still am very much um, a fan of. I wouldn't say as much in love. Like, you know how things, as time wears on, um, perhaps they mean less to you. Um, perhaps they also miss the mark as based on their own high um, standards. Like, take for example, Certified Lover Boy. Um, it's a good album. You can't deny it. It's a good album, but it'll always be compared to Drake's best works, and that's debatable. Even in that, um, I'll say probably for myself, the top three would be Take Care. Um, Take Care. If you're reading this, is too late, and nothing was the same. Which is actually interesting now that I think about it. That they follow each other. They're all three, and I want. I mean. Maybe personally, I might take out take care and slot in so far gone. But if I'm speaking generally, I know that. Um, well, actually, even then, uh, so so far gone. If you're reading this, uh, might might be might be interchangeable. But I think the undeniable one is nothing was the same. But anyway, I wasn't even supposed to be talking about this. I was supposed to be talking about the fact that um, the writer of these books, this book series was attached to the project um from the get-go in a big way in front in, in the development and i really thought that was necessary um because these books i felt in the movies as much as the movies have been good well let's say there's been three movies based on the well sorry i I don't know why I haven't done this yet. So the book, the book is called The Lost Symbol. The series is also called The Lost Symbol, if I'm not mistaken. And um, this, the 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 writer is Dan Brown. And this series is called the Robert Langdon series. So he's got a bunch of books that he's written, and majority, if I'm correct, of them um, are centered around a character called Robert Langdon, a Harvard. Um, symbologist, um, professor, uh, sax, <laughs> just a really intelligent, uh, person, very aware of, uh, cu- the different heritages of culture, uh, the different heritages of people, uh, cultural differences, um, there's a phenomenon that that's constantly referred to with especially within uh, sim- symbols that religions adopt and I think it's called transmutation but I could be wrong um, but it's when religions or um, sects 
um, cults, all of these kinds of things adopt each other symbols. And he uses so the book. The reason, like, why I'm getting so much into the details of this kind of stuff is because the books are really they they take their time in explaining and really painting a visual picture of or a um, literary picture. So using words to paint a vivid picture um, of what is occurring in the books and what is in the background so let's say they are standing for example as they are in one of the uh books they're standing in saint peter's basilica and they the way they describe it it's like you've been there like or not that i've been there but it, it they describe it in such a way that it feels like you can you can feel it you can like you know what i mean so i always thought that the movies lacked that kind of attention to detail and obviously most movies like this but i think in books such as these where that kind of rich um imagery is so intertwined with the book and with the story that it does it doesn't do it the same justice as when a character maybe runs through like in one of the movies a character runs through the uh saint peter's saint peter's basilica and that's all you see of it and then again it's also a cgi version of it if i'm correct but it also makes sense because that's uh the 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 tomb of saint peter and a lot of the other popes uh under 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 St. Peter Basilica there is the Necrom Necropolis I want to say but I could be wrong but basically the city of the dead uh where they buried back in the day where they used to bury um popes and now more so they entomb them um these are like little tidbits that I get from these books and it's that's basically what I'm trying to say. They don't even get into the um, the what's it called. They don't even get into the 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 the, the, the city of the dead in the movies, based on time and for all other reasons. So I always thought that these books would be better as a series. So maybe each book be a one season series, and even push it. Like I'm not really a fan of them stretching out uh, ideas to the point where it's like six seasons over and it was just one book. But if they had to do two seasons, no, even that would be too long. Jesus, no. <laughs> one 13 episode, maybe even eight episode. You could probably squeeze it down to six episodes, probably four. Um, and really tell the story in the right way. Uh, but anyway so lost symbol i'm really excited for it um it's gonna be a banger i'm not trying to um spoil it for you guys so like i'm not gonna say speak about the book at all i'm just gonna say if you haven't um read the book maybe or if you're not into reading maybe try watch that fucking series man and like I, I just wanted to speak a little bit we'll see where i go with this but um about my introduction to dan brown and like how 
pivotal at the time um one of his books the da vinci code was to me um to, to give you a little bit of a background um uh, before i will i will eventually say spoiler alert um just to make sure that you guys don't get shit spoiled because <laughs> i'm a nice guy and i really hate spoilers i hate spoilers so i imagine that um you guys would hate spoilers but anyway um yeah so dan brown's pivotal so give you a little bit of a background i was raised extremely religious um maybe not extremely but very religious um i mean extremely what what would that entail like that every waking moment of my life was based around religion that wasn't the case but it was very intertwined with our life um we went to church every sunday um went to youth on fridays or saturdays um every church camp um every church activity with their easter christmas um everything like that was based on the church we were there for um and as well we were also like really knowledgeable or at least i was let me stop speaking about we as a family let me start speaking about me i was really um knowledgeable in my religion um and that comes from going to bible study doing bible study um reading the bible um and just continuously having things reinforced but there was always something that like i remember the first time that this happened or maybe not the first time but the first time i exploded with a feeling of anxiety and maybe frustration and like just fear maybe fear is probably the best way to describe it but um i could read so it had to have been between the ages of 7 and 10 maybe let's call it 9 let's call it 9 years old this was probably this probably happened either 9 or 10 um i think 9 would be a safe bet though and i'm reading the bible um and if if you're familiar with 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 christianity um more so the 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 the, 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 the like going to church um going to what's it called um man what's it called like the younger church sunday school sunday school going to sunday school um and just being being engulfed in the stories of the bible um it's majority to do with the new new testament if i'm correct if, if i remember correctly and i mean i think you'll flip between the old and new testament but largely in sunday school it's more so the new testament because the old testament if i remember correctly is quite jarring to read the first time um it was extremely like <laughs> it was jarring to read because um in the old testament and this is obviously not all that's within the old testament but god is very um vengeful for lack of a better word i might be using the wrong word there but um when man steps out of line his wrath is felt um you can see it in the story of cain and abel adam and eve 
Um, as I said, guys, I'm not really so up to date with my Bible study of of late, uh, but it is something that just for interest's sake, I'd love to delve back into. But I haven't been reading of late, which is worrying to me. But not that worrying. <laughs> I always find my way back to a good book eventually uh, and this kind of goes into 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 how I was how I ended up reading the Bible I think um, as a youth <laughs> my mom my mom realized very quickly uh, when I started going to primary school that uh, my teachers were like yo or my teacher because obviously in grade one you have one teacher and she was like yo your son's actually pretty solid at this reading thing uh, i think it would be good for you to encourage him um and she did so like as the great mother that she is she just kept buying me books and i kept reading them and one day i was like yo i finished the book that i want and i don't know maybe she was broke or i don't know <laughs> or maybe lazy but she's like dude like I, I don't know what you want from me go grab your bible bro like you don't always have to read like other books you can read the bible the bible is actually probably the best book for you to read and i was like all right cool man uh but like just start from the beginning like normally i was used to going to a certain chapter going to a certain book and reading from that she's like oh yeah just read from like maybe after church i would read the the, the chapters that we were prescribed myself but now it was like, okay, just read it from the get, like, like you would read any other book. And I was like, fuck it, let me do it. And I was hooked from the get-go, bro. Like, I was like, oh, snap, this is, first off, it was written in a very, it is written in a very different way to any other book. Um, and in that was already like, oh, wow, this is different. And my brain probably was like, I, I, I want to child this. And I was just really, 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 and I can't remember what exactly I read. I think first of the story of Adam and Eve reading it instead of being told it um, was drawing itself. Um, and we'll get back to like certain things that didn't feel right at that time, even or just didn't make sense. Maybe they didn't. Maybe not that they didn't make sense because obviously a lot in religion and the Bible is. Um, maybe it it doesn't follow the rules that our life follows like there are things that happen that are chalked up to uh god and like the powers of the almighty and his son and the holy spirit and things that like you're not meant to understand so you kind of just like you you don't question it you just accept that it happened that way because you're reading this book and let me say not you let me say me let me stop doing that because it, it becomes very dangerous when you speak about religion and you start speaking about um, we do this we do that whatever let me say me so if i do it again as i've said in this podcast many times just take it as i'm saying me um and yeah man so i'm 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 i'm, I'm reading this bible reading the old testament and there's just so much like pain and like like i don't know just it it started making me doubt like uh, i think maybe it was also i hadn't seen mention of heaven just yet while i was reading i hadn't seen mention of 
And I think maybe I saw, I, I read something along the lines of, I, I know with Cain and Abel, um, they banished Cain? Cain killed Abel, yes. So they banished Cain to basically walk the earth for all eternity. Like as a wanderer. And that was his that was his punishment for killing his brother and lying to God about it. Um, and killing his brother out of jealousy, if I remember correctly. Uh, I could be wrong. But and I was just like, holy sh-, like, what the hell? Like, and I don't know, there was there were just many quite a few moments that made me think, like, yo, like, is there a heaven? And if so, what is the proof? And then it made me realize that, like, what change what what separates this bible that i'm reading from any other book that i've read i I wouldn't read those books and think that they were like true so why am i thinking that this book's true and if it's not true what other proof do we have and it was like a hyperventilating moment like as a fucking kid like (sighs) and i started crying and like i was just panicking and my mom came and she was like, yo, what's going on? And like, I was like, yo. And like, I was hoping. <laughs> it just reminds me of like how as a child, like you just expect your parents to just have the answers to everything. And I literally was like, oh, thank God, mom. Thank God. Because like, I was just going to panic here forever until you arrived. How do we know that there's a heaven? <laughs> Because the Bible tells us Like yo But like This book uh, This book tells us This Okay Who wrote the book Well the people Who are mentioned in it The disciples uh, Testamentary uh, It's a testament Of people who lived During those times About What happened It's like okay But I could write something And that not be the truth Does that mean that And like just Going back and forth But at the same time Like I was I was I was praying to be proven wrong because the alternative was not something that maybe I could handle at that age. Um, and I think my mom, or not, I think I, I I'm positive because it's one of the the first occurrences of me being told to have faith. And faith is what what gives these these stories and this religion credence. Faith. But as I said, I was so I needed something, anything. So when that was given to me, it was like, oh thank God, at least this is something. Yeah, okay, faith. I gotta have faith. And for the next few years, that's all I had. Um I just went Every time I had doubt I just thought to myself Just have faith Just have faith Just have faith And Fast forward a few years Call it maybe I'm now between the ages of 10 and 12 And I grab one of my brother's books Either my brother or sister I can't remember And it's The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown And I read the back Or the synopsis And I'm immediately captured Like I want to read this book And I read the book 
And I'll just say there was a moment. So spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you haven't read this book or watched the movie, spoiler. And there's probably going to be a spoiler for a minute. Um, I might add a time spot to when I start speaking about uh, this. But I read this book, right? And to cut the, the story maybe in half like the story is about Robert Langdon as I described earlier that Harvard professor on the quest to find the holy grail and he's accompanied by a um, a, a, a cryptologist a female cryptologist um, French female cryptologist and they together are on the search for the holy grail and around halfway through the book they link up with one of his boys with one of robert's boys um lee teabing sir lee teabing who's a english british knight um and he's all about the holy grail that's like his his shit. Um, he's been searching for it for years He believes it's real All of this shit Cool So now Sir Lee Teabing And Robert Langdon Are Doing this whole Ex Exposition kind of thing To Her But obviously it's for us as well And just breaking down um, The history of the Templar Knights And um, The or- Origins of Christianity Um and similarities with paganism how different religions are very similar in so many ways and why how did this come to be why are the same stories being told in different religions maybe why are the same maybe yeah that kind of thing i'm sure you guys have have heard of these this a lot i mean you can see it look at islam um Christianity and Judaism they're not as far they're not as different as they are similar but they are massive differences don't get me twisted but there are much there are a lot of similarities um and they describe they're breaking down the Holy Grail and like how so many people have been warring for it and searching for it and all of this kind of shit and she's like okay so yeah so she's like yo um why is this happening over a cup and they're like yo it's not a cup dude like did you think really that everyone's (laughs) everyone's rocking over centuries for (laughs) for crockery For a chalice <laughs> Come on dog Come on dog You're smarter than this dog <laughs> So They They end up breaking down That um, Well let me Let me do it exactly How they did it Just because It was like a, a A jaw drop moment So The Holy Grail To anybody's understanding At this point Should be An understanding that This is the The cup That Jesus and his disciples Drank with on um 
his last supper uh, before the crucifixion. Either they shared it, they shared this cup, or it was his cup. But I think the story goes that they shared the cup. They shared one chalice uh, at the dinner table. And if I'm, if I might be, I might be wrong about this part, but I also think that it might have been used to collect his blood um, when he was on the, 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 when, when he was on the, on the cross. That's the story, obviously. So uh, Lee asks Sophie, that's her name, Sophie Nevu. Uh, he asks her to close her eyes and just entertain him for a second if he wants to play a game so she closes her eyes and he's like okay so can you describe the last supper to me so she's like easy like come on like come on it's 13 men at the table jesus and his 12 disciples they're having dinner it's the last supper um it's a fresco painted by leonardo da vinci uh very vivid they're all on one side of the table which is obviously strange but nonetheless just describing it so, i cool i like that i like that dope so just holla at me how many cups are on the table so she's like oh trick question obviously one the holy grail the chalice you know the divine all of this shit yeah yeah easy the like, height open your eyes she opens her eyes and there's a reimagining or maybe not reimagining but a printout uh real life-size printout of the holy grail staring at her on the wall and to her surprise everybody sitting at the table has a small glass now you can check but this is the case in the in the last supper so he's like okay and then again you said it was 13 men kicking it you know jesus and his disciples she's like yeah like so who's that kicking it right next to jesus and she looks and lo and behold it's not a man it's a woman but i want to say that da vinci is known for skirting the lines between male and female in his paintings this is done in um in the mona lisa um nothing else is coming to mind right now but yeah it's done in the mona lisa (laughs) So, um, yeah, so from there, it's like, okay, so who's this woman? So he's like, that's Mary Magdalene. And she's like, uh, the, the prostitute. And he gets hacked. He's angry. He's like, she wasn't a prostitute. It was a smear campaign by the church. And then Robert Landon. So basically what they do very well, I, I will say, or what Dan Brown does very well, I'll say, is that he provides us with the take of a... Uh, devout follower of this belief of the holy grail or whatever and then he also provides us with the skeptic but skeptic enough like only skeptic enough like skeptical enough to allow the story to continue not just like oh this is rubbish whatever somebody who believes in certain aspects of the story or at least the aspects that can maybe be proven without a, uh, uh, a shadow of doubt in their story but perhaps in real life there's still doubt over some of these things um, and that's obviously the case but in anyways, so they describe Mary Magdalene, 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 as not a prostitute. And for all I know, she could have been, but not a prostitute. She was rather the companion of Jesus Christ. 
And in these days, apparently, companion was synonymous with spouse, with your wife. So therefore, Jesus Christ had a wife. Boom. Like, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, oh my God. Like, what is going on here? Uh, Mind blown. Like, okay. Like, what is going on here? What is going on here? And this is before Google or anything. So I can't like be Googling like all the things that they're referencing. But nonetheless, I'm engulfed in this story. And they paint the the picture of... So maybe I didn't get into as much detail as I probably should have. But when they painted the picture of the, 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 what's it called? The birth of Christianity. If you remember correctly, Jesus Christ was a Jew. He was the king of the Jews. And therefore him and his followers still practice Judaism if not slowly morphing into what would be known as Christianity because obviously he was teaching some his teachings in in some part were contr- were to the con- were contrary were in contrast maybe I don't know um, to those in Judaism so therefore when he passes his followers and those who follow his word and his teachings cannot really be classified as Christians or Jews anymore especially if they are to believe him to be the son of God and divine in his own right and basically what they describe in this book is a period of 300 years roughly where those who were known as Christ followers at the time were at war with Rome because if you remember correctly Jesus Christ was crucified by the Romans not by the Jews but on at the behest of the Jews because he was obviously um, and guys this is like um, like you can do your own research uh, but he was crucified by the Romans at the behest of the Jews because he was blasphemy or what he was what he was portraying to be was blasphemous and in these times blasphemy is not a in those times blasphemy was not a light crime so the Romans had control of Jerusalem the Holy Land and therefore but nonetheless even if you have control over the Holy Land you still have to maybe appease maybe so I'll never know maybe it's it's documented on who was really the driving force behind the crucifixion of Jesus Christ but nonetheless the Romans had their part as the actual people who crucified him and the Jews had their part as the people who maybe were clamoring for it Um, and yet again I'm not gonna uh, go back and forth on whether it was right or wrong it's just what happened uh, because as I said you have to look at things by the laws of that time so if what Jesus was doing was seen to be blasphemy which is seen to be a religious crime uh, punishable by death at those times then 
regardless if he believed that he truly was the son of God or not. Rule of the... uh, You have to follow the law of the land kind of thing. So we get there. Cool. And after this, there follows a 300-year period in which the Romans and the Christ followers growing exponentially in number are pretty much at war and this war threatens to tear Rome apart and then a Pope no not a Pope an Emperor this was before Popes an Emperor by the name of Constantine decides that listen we need we need to we need to solve this otherwise Rome is gonna cease to exist um how can we solve this and based on the book yet again i'm not gonna say this is historical uh, historically true i've not done my research but it opened an idea like to me that's the thing it provided enough it, it provided a possible like scenario of what could have happened yet again just like the bible does just like like you know what i mean it's not something that i take as fact but it's just okay well this is plausible at the very least how plausible i don't know i wasn't there but basically what happens is he decides that the only way that they can really appease the christ followers is to adopt their view on religion while amalgamating pagan rituals and beliefs and coming to a new religion if you can call it so such as Christianity and apparently they had a council in which the bible or the books that went into the bible were discussed and chosen and yeah those those books were what eventually we all based on the story well, what we, we 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 now know is the bible cool however one of the things that's discussed amongst others is the divinity of Christi- of jesus christ is he to be a man or is he to be the divine son of god that's one of the things which is well to me is like holy sh- like what what is going on here because a lot of my doubt at that point had been based on the fact that Jesus Christ was doing things that man cannot do. And why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how? <laughs> He's the son of God. Okay, I understand that. But it would have made so much more sense to me. The whole the whole Bible had he been just a prophet and he and you had taken out the miracles, you had taken out if you may call it the mis- the mis- the mystic element of the bible and it was more so just the teachings of a man believed to be the human representative of god i don't know maybe that would still might have been um a sticking point but nonetheless him being the son of god elevated christianity um in terms of the views of the the, the the Christians and just in the views of 
the world itself at the time but one of the more interesting parts about this was how they also decided to veer if if you may say from the ideals that paganists at this time which was um the ruling religion if you can call it of um rome and its provinces was very much based in the idea of the divine feminine mother nature and the yeah mother nature the divine feminine and that's very much in contrast to how women are portrayed in the bible and not to say that women are demonized in the bible but if you for being honest first chapter <laughs> genesis adam and eve adam or eve is made from the rib of adam so therefore by all always placing women after men men were created women after i mean but then by the same logic you can look at animals being created first and then be like hold up hold up hold on but jesus created oh god created all the animals and then he created man but he didn't create man from the animals he created woman from the animals oh from man so that might be a slight like you know you know you talk to somebody and um they'd be like my boy but sometimes that my boy comes off very condescending <laughs> like my boy you just don't get it or my boy you got to read or my boy <laughs> something like that you know what i mean they're just sending you on the slide and yeah maybe i'm reading too much into it but hey man there's a podcast i get to do what i want and they what's the word oh yes and then eve is also the downfall of mankind as a whole <laughs> she listens to the snake eats the apple and then gets adam to eat the apple tricks him more so or maybe not tricks him but maybe encourages him influences him to eat the apple just as she was influenced by the snake and thereby forever damning mankind to the inevitability of death that might have also been a real like moment because i think if i remember correctly as a kid i was like my fucking eve <laughs> i would have been in the garden right now like just like just maxing <laughs> that bitch <laughs> uh which if you think about it might have been the purpose and then obviously we look at cultural roles um uh, within religion and I'm only only going to speak to Christianity but it was it was it was it's frowned upon or it was frowned upon let me rather say and i don't let me let me say this also at first i don't think it's explicitly said that women shouldn't work but i think it's also the the roles of men and women are consistently reinforced throughout the bible 
and the role of men within the bible is a lot more prevalent than the role of women i mean if you think about just that idea of mary magdalene um i can tell you probably at least 30 off the top of my head 30 male figures that i remember from the bible if you ask me how many female the virgin mary mary magdalene who i don't actually remember from the bible i might have to read it again um the woman who deceived samson i can't remember her name i think her name was delilah but i could be wrong um there is a delilah in the bible somewhere though <laughs> so as you can see very very like um scarce on my knowledge on the 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 woman in the bible that might be my fault though um yeah like I've, i'll constantly reinforce um, I am not so up to date with my Bible study, but yeah, might be an interesting thing to do just to see how I, how I, how I take in these teachings as an adult might be interesting, but yeah, man, it was a really interesting book that took me down an interesting path in terms of finally, at the very least, because of how a book is structured book has a peak it has a a point where you feel uncertain in the outcome and for me if you can imagine still seeing this as a story but being fully invested in the story maybe not only because of how good the story was but also just because i wanted to see what their conclusion was on this thing that i'd been struggling with for a while at this time and we get to the point where the book ends in a very clean way and oh by the way so the holy grail part of it is that mary magdalene is the holy grail uh sorry just to quickly tell you mary magdalene is the holy grail and that's because um like i'm not gonna go into like all the symbolism or whatever but she's the holy grail because the holy grail is actually her uterus which was the holy uterus the holy chalice the holy um yeah i'm not gonna go into the symbolism of why that makes sense but um yeah her uterus was the holy grail because if you remember i said that they they describe her and jesus as being spouses um being married and married people have children in fact, it's actually, they state at one point, and I was like, yo, I mean, they got a point. <laughs> but religious men, especially religious leaders, it's very frowned upon for you not to be married, for you not to have a family. Like, it's really frowned upon. Like, why? Just like in society, at a certain age, people start asking questions as to why you're not coupled why you're not married why you're not why don't you have children so could jesus really have been accepted as the son of god king of the jews and being a bachelor at 30 years old or 30 something i think he was 33 i don't know bro I don't know. Remember, people lived also uh, way young. Oh, 
uh, people died way younger than they do now. So 33, you were pretty much a grown man, not like an adult grown man. Like you were like, you were like a Bali. <laughs> and he just didn't have a child, didn't have a family. Like, so I'm not going to get into that. It's just an interesting argument just to throw out there you know when you are when you think about these these kinds of things but anyway yeah so her uterus held the seed of jesus christ and therefore it was holy because he was the son of god uh, the king of jews yeah so that's just that but i was kind of wrapping up on this and basically just saying that like this book um allowed me a kind of peace in challenging something that I had been born into. Never really had a choice, but answered a lot of questions that perhaps answered questions before they arose. And therefore allowed me to continue to live without being burdened with the unanswerable what is the purpose of life what is my purpose and what happens when I die if anything happens those kinds of things and slowly but surely I think the book that book allowed me a sense of peace in knowing that in fact none of us maybe I didn't come to this specific conclusion at the time but it was it was the basis of the conclusion that I eventually came to and that conclusion was I what's the word I am just a man how am I supposed to answer these questions and if I'm just a man then surely the bible was the the bible is a compilation even in in its greatest most true form if you really truly believe that it is factual or at the very least it was really the testament of these men they are just that men how are they like how can i put my trust in man to answer the questions that none of you'd have to cross the veil of death to answer these questions and once you've crossed it is the answer even relevant anymore because you either are living the answer the truth or you're not but does it make sense while you're on this side of the veil to ponder what may or may not happen when you cross it that's just question that's that's kind of where i am and the answer is no it doesn't i'm at this point i should be present in this point so that when the time comes for me to pass i hope i have as few regrets as possible i'll probably have a lot i already have a lot But nonetheless, I think it was very helpful in 
severing a tie to something that maybe brought as much discomfort as comfort and allowing me to find a or at least starting me on the journey to finding a sense of peace in me and a sense of trust in me rather than looking for an institution to provide the answers that if we're honest only I can ever answer at least to me but not to say that I don't take in outside game wisdom Yeah man, so maybe I definitely maybe I'll read the Bible. Oh jeez, bro. I've still got this other book that I put. <laughs> I'm actually embarrassed to admit like sometimes towards the beginning of the year. <laughs> and the thing is it was slapping. And then I don't know. I think yeah, I think I had a board exam coming up and I was like, okay, hold up. <laughs> no, that I think that was exactly it. And I just haven't picked it up. I picked it up one of these days. Um just after I was thinking about the lost symbol and I was like, yo, why don't you read anymore, dog? This is actually embarrassing. <laughs> Your mom would be sick. <laughs> but yeah, man. On to my favorite part of the podcast, which is the musical project of the week. And this week, we got a very dope project uh, that my boy Slack sent to me. Um... So Slack is a fan of the rappers, and that's rappers with the silent W, uh, white rappers. <laughs> I think he broke this down in the episode that he was on. Yeah, he did. He did. He broke down why, why he's a fan of white rappers. If you didn't hear, it's because uh, they don't say nigger, and therefore uh, they don't encourage him to say nigger. Even though, if we're being real, he never needed any encouragement. <laughs> Okay, he's not here to defend himself and say that he doesn't say nigger. So I will say that um, Slack, if he was here, was going to say that he doesn't say nigger. Wink, wink. (laughs) But yeah, the project is by Baby Jake. And the name of the project is The Sun Wakes Up Earlier Now. And it is really, honestly, it's it's a sweet album, like 30 minutes long. Um... It's really like I've I've listened to it probably around three times now and I'll probably listen to it a few more times because it is really it's short and sweet. The songs are also kind of short and sweet. Um but they were really impactful. Like maybe not impact impactful might not be the right word, but they really good man i don't know <laughs> i'm sorry guys like i probably used up all my uh english bundles with that whole spiel i went on earlier <laughs> it's gonna be a very simple review on the album <laughs> but no man it's 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 it, is it even an album i don't know i haven't i haven't i haven't done much research on this dude but nonetheless very dope album i think standout songs would be daddy's coming home for me uh, my anxiety um and then from there like you know when you're listening to an album and especially in album form so beginning from cover to cover um you don't really take notice of names track names because you're not really looking 
like especially like i've been listening to this album the one time i was getting ready i was getting dinner ready the other time i was working out and the other time i was driving so i wasn't really looking at um track names but those two like just because of the hook and shit like that uh they ring really um they i remember them they they stood out as they say so yeah man that is the 41st episode kind of wrapped up guys if you're still listening at this point i really appreciate you especially because i went on a fucking spiel about religion and um i have a friend who's always said to me there's three things you don't i can't remember uh, i don't remember if it's three but all i said there's three things that you never speak about religion politics and i think money either money or girls or women or something along the line it was that and then it was another thing on like um men fight over two things i think that yeah that's another saying he's got a he's got a but if if you know you know you know who i'm talking about if you know he's like this guy just has these little uh, fucking uh what's the other one look uh fuck he's just got these little sayings but this one is the other one is what um there's only two things friends fight over like male friends fight over pride and girls Might have been pride, girls, and money. I can't remember. I'll ask him. I should be seeing him tomorrow. It'll be fun, man. I never... I don't see that many people anymore. I see a smaller amount of people regularly. And even those people I don't see as regularly. I think it's simply put, we're all getting older, we're all getting busy... So I always do treasure the moments that I see somebody or people who mean a lot to me. And I try to make sure that they know this. But yeah, man, if you're still listening, like I said, I'm the one interrupting my own outro now. (laughs) But if you're still listening up until this point, I really fuck with you. Until the next time, I bid you adieu and I will see you soon.